for this series. And the foundation verse is this, where two or three are gathered in my name. This is Jesus speaking to us. Where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I with them. He's here today. He's here anytime that two or three gather in his name. And then I told you on the first week that there is a precondition throughout this entire series if you really want to get something out of these messages that you can apply to your life. There's a precondition that you need to have a longing in your heart to experience more of what God has for you and for His church and for the community and a longing in our heart for what He has for the world. So this series is identifying our new leadership structure. We're talking about who are we now in 2022. And we started with the elders. And then last week we got to celebrate two new members coming into the church. This week we're going to be talking about holistic small groups. Holistic small groups. There's a little um, summary in your handout if you grabbed one. I want to just share that with you first to get you thinking along the right lines of what I'm going to be covering. Holistic small groups are places, and I would probably add, typically places in your home or someplace that you're comfortable. They're places safe enough where individuals can own and reveal their brokenness with others, with you, with others that have been called out by Jesus to be children of God. Our small groups are meant to help one another grow, to grow together with the indiscriminate love of Jesus. Meet people where they are. And show them Jesus. A lot of people have asked me since I've been introducing holistic small groups, what's holistic mean, Pastor? Well, let me just suggest to you that this term comes um, from, well, the English language. It's an adjective. (laughs) But better than that, you probably have heard like holistic medicine. It's where you are trying to find out why you have this illness, not just what are your symptomatic um, cases, medically speaking, but what might be feeding into that. So you look at your body and your situation in a holistic manner. And we are doing that in the church with holistic small groups. We, We are addressing the environment that people are in. We are addressing the spiritual aspects of the person. We could say that holistic small groups will function in three nurturing perspectives. We we could say that it comes through the head, the hands, and the heart. The head for sharing knowledge with one another. The hands 
for helping and providing practical support for people in the group or people in our community. And the heart, it always comes down to that spiritual, spiritual revelation in the growth. Holistic small groups can be seen really as a church in microcosm. A holistic small groups would be doing the functions of a church in a very small microcosm. And I believe it's important for us to realize that God is calling us to do this, and this should be a part of the DNA of Living Hope Missionary Church of Dunfee. In a nutshell, holistic small groups seek to live out the vision and the mission of the local church. The holistic small groups become a subset of Living Hope Missionary Church to minister to the members in a group in as many aspects in their lives as possible. Now, I do want to stop here and say for a second, I realize this is not happening with everybody right now. But this is what we envision God is calling us to do. When I meet with the pastor candidates that the pastor search team has pulled together, I tell them about all the things we've done in this last year. What's brought us to this point now? And where do we see God leading us into the future? And I tell them about the holistic small groups, and they know what I'm talking about. But I tell them that this church needs somebody that's going to be able to help get that started and support it going forward. So expect that when the next pastor comes here. Today, I'm going to ask Chris to come up in a little while, and we're going to talk about some ideas that she has because she is our director of small groups, holistic small groups, and assimilation. So that gets us all introduced to what we're talking about, and it doesn't stop us from starting a small group right now. Realize you can invite some people over to your home right now and just do life with them. That's what a whole holistic small group will do. And God, I believe, is calling us to do this because community, as described in the New Testament, is a life of real and authentic and growing relationships. We can't function as a full-fledged body of Christ if we are not able to experience an intimate community with other Christians. If we cannot give practical help to all the people that need it. If we cannot have intense spiritual interactions. Especially if our name is Living Hope. It does not happen on Sunday mornings. It does not happen in Sunday school. It cannot happen just through a prayer chain. And it does not happen in large meetings. We need to get into smaller groups. Real, authentic, and growing relationships are basic, are very basic to thriving in our Living Hope ministry.
Here's some examples from New Testament scriptures. I'm just going to share some of these one another statements. It's definitely not all of them from the New Testament, but just let me help you have an idea of where God is calling us to. Jesus himself said this, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. In Romans chapter 15, it says, accept one another. In other words, meet people where they are, accept them then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. Galatians chapter 5. You, my brothers and sisters, you were called to be free. Serve one another humbly in love. In Ephesians chapter 4, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. You need that small group where someone can actually even confess. We don't take time to confess every Sunday morning when you come. Okay, what would you do last week so we can forgive you? But in a small group, you can do that. You can say, this thing that I did, it's really bothering me. And just open up and share it with one another. And then we can forgive each other. And the one another list continues. You, you can just Google one another in the Bible. And you'll come up with a huge list of what God is commanding us to do with one another. I propose to you that the normal supernatural life, yes, it should be normal, supernatural life described in the New Testament comes from people meeting together in holistic small groups to encourage each other to thrive spiritually. Real and authentic and growing relationships Keep us all thriving spiritually. Are you thriving spiritually? Be honest with yourself. Think about it. There's a difference between surviving spiritually and thriving spiritually. Surviving means that you're going through the motions. Here you are, Sunday morning. You're expected to be here. You're doing different activities that God you feel is calling you to do. You have routines in your life. That's kind of surviving. But if we want to do more than that and we want to thrive, it's going through those same motions. It doesn't look a whole lot different, but you know on the inside because you're going through those motions and those actions and those routines with passion in your life with enthusiasm because you are walking with God. 
And God is working in your life as you do it. He is in the midst of your life and others whom you come in contact with. Now let's look at two primary purposes of having a relationship, of having this holistic small group feeling and, and purpose in our lives. So first let's turn to Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. And I think you'll see as I read these verses from Hebrews 3 verses 12 to 14 that we are called to persevere in our faith. Hebrews 3, 12 to 14. In the Pew Bible, it's on page 1,863. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end. To persevere in our faith means to trust God. Do not give up. Maintain a living hope with everything and anything that you do. Even when everything around you is screaming hopeless. Listen, church. Hopelessness happens to people. Over the years, people here at Dunfee have lost their faith. It might be because they were deceived by the attractiveness of sin and they walked away. Or it might be because our fellow members sinned and caused them to walk away through discouragement. The next thing you know, they, they become hardened toward the things of the Spirit and they lose trust in God and they fall away. They didn't have a small group that cared about them. Now there are and there will be people who profess Christ but will not hold firm to the end. That's what this scripture was talking to us about. They will give up. Then there are people who will profess Christ and will hold firm to the very end. Verse 14 says, we have come to share in Christ if we hold firmly to the very end. Genuine Christians are those who hold fast and persevere to the very end. We, the church, changed our name to living hope because we believe that God is calling us to this genuine Christian life. Living hope each and every day. What God uses in our lives to make our calling and election sure is encouragement of our brothers and our sisters to hold fast to Christ and to forsake the pleasures of sin. 
The deceptive nature of sin is very real. And we need to be genuinely concerned when people in our periphery, in our church, in our holistic small group, seem to lose that living hope that's offered by Jesus. Now, I'm not talking about perfection. I am talking about persevering. I'm talking about a living hope. The warnings of Scripture are real because the possibility of falling into hopelessness is very real. God uses warnings like this to encourage us to persevere, which is a work of faith in the Spirit. Through holistic small groups, people will be able to lean on the faith of other believers who are persevering to help them through their hard times. Basically, we are going to swim upstream against the current. God is going to make living hope a great church because He is going to move on our hearts and in our souls and in our lives and you are going to see some awesome things occur because it is the work of God in your life and through this church. What is the means that God will use to keep us from falling away and throwing our hope away, to keep us from choosing hopelessness? It is personal relationships. Personal, deep relationships. Look at verse 13 again. But encourage one another daily. How do you fight an evil, unbelieving heart? How do you keep from falling away from the living God? Encourage one another. And how often do you need to do it? Every day. It says daily. That does not happen if you just come to church on Sundays. Or go to prayer meeting. Or go to Wednesday Bible studies. Or or come to Sunday school and worship. That is not daily. You need to have someone that you can lean on daily. And that can happen in holistic small groups where we can build relationships and where we can share our lives. Let's look at the second primary purpose for relationship in Christian life. I would call this radical acts of love. And it also comes from Hebrews in chapter 10, verses 23 to 25. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 to 25. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. Living hope, huh? And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more 
as you see the day approaching. Spur one another on toward love and good deeds. How do we spur one another on? Through radical, radical acts of love. We need people to gather and consider and ponder and think and share. That happens in the context of holistic small groups. As we listen, as we pray with one another, as we do life together, God can give us words of encouragement, words of life that address the situation that our new friends are in. God brings about radical acts of love by spurring each other on. We need passionate people to stir up passion in others. And this is going to happen through holistic small groups. There's one more um, set of verses I want to read from Hebrews. It's in chapter 10, verses 32 through 39. And it's really the New Testament church example that it should be inspiring to us to be in a microcosm and a holistic small group, be really truly connected in church, starting at verse 32 in chapter 10. Remember those earlier days after you had received the light? When you endured in a great conflict full of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you, you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what He has promised. For in just a little while, He who is coming will come and will not delay. And by my righteousness, one will live by faith. And I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Chris, would you come forward? Chris and I are going to just have a little conversation now about holistic small groups and some of her ideas. Like I said earlier, she is a director of holistic small groups and assimilation here at the church. So you can come up here and have a seat. And um, we didn't practice this, but I did give her an idea what the questions were going to be. <laughs> um, 
So test your mic. Say hello. Hello, hello. Can you hear me? Okay, do it again. Uh, testing, testing, testing. I just need to turn you up a little bit. Can you guys hear it okay up there? Yep, I'm on. Uh-huh. I think she's coming through. It's on number two, whatever that means. Hello, hello. Okay. Hello, hello. Okay, there we go. Can you hear me? Okay. All right. So the first thing I want to talk about yeah. is um, personal relationships. There's a lot of relationships for us that we have in our life that we just have to have to survive, right? We have relationships with our doctor, with a mechanic. In fact, Pamela and I are looking for a potential mechanic. <laughs> Her car was making weird noises yesterday. But we're not looking for a personal relationship. We're looking for a working-type relationship. Sometimes, though, we need personal relationships where we can share in our joys and our hurts and our struggles and our victories and our wonders and even our hang-ups. At Living Hope, it's really not feasible to do that with everybody all the time. So how can holistic small groups help us in this area? Well, when you were talking a little bit earlier there, the first thing that popped into my mind was my first real friendship um, upon getting married and moving away and feeling lonely. Um, I prayed for a friend. I thought, this is, I can't handle this by myself. And God brought into my life a coworker who sat right in front of me. And we became the best of friends at age 21. And she was going through her things. She was a Christian. I was going through my stuff. We talked at lunch. We got together all the time. And I only worked there for a couple of years. But to this day, we might talk only maybe once a year, maybe once every two years. But it's as if we just picked up right where we left off. And we share our struggles. We share our faith, what's going on with that. And it's, it's, it's good to have somebody to go to like that. But in this kind of instance, I think it's really important as a Christian body to um, just get together and have that support. Um, it reminds you you're not alone, uh, that we all are valued. We have value, um, and um, it's private. It's private. It's you get a feeling of security. So, all right, all yeah, right, cool. I really like the way you start out saying you prayed. I did for God to bring yeah. something in. We can all do that, right? Mm -hmm. If we want to persevere in the faith, we can pray for somebody else to be there for us to help and support mm -hmm. us. So, thanks for sharing that. Mm -hmm. Certainly. Um, important for personal relationships. Um, the next thing I want to talk about is like deepening our relationships. So um, you're part of the pastor search team. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later when we talk about um, the leadership team more. But um, you're task-oriented, right? You, you're, you need to come up with a potential pastor for us. Although it's also a little deepening relationships, I'd say. It's turning into maybe like a holistic small group. How do holistic small groups deepen relationships? Time. I think you got to have the time um, to spend on them. You can't just, as my friendship was early on with my friend, you know, we, we spent a lot of time together. 
but it's going to take time to um, gather together uh, to feel safe and secure. Um, that's how the meeting in the homes, that kind of thing, is going to promote that kind of feeling. And uh, um, it's trust. I mean, when you start sharing burdens, you're going to start uh, um, bearing burdens. So I think that's, you just got to give it time. You got to meet regularly and uh, that kind of thing. Daily, as long as we call it today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got to be available. You, you do. don't really yes. need to meet everybody every day no. in your group. No. But yeah, you definitely need to be available. All right, let's talk about supportive relationships. Our scripture from Hebrews encourages us to be supportive in our relationships with one another. How can supportive relationships happen in small groups, holistic uh, small groups? Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, well, they do allow you to bond and connect physically, spiritually, and emotionally. Um, you know, we all have groups of friends. We might connect on different levels, as you say, with the mechanic and that kind of thing. But this is within the body of Christ, which um, it's so necessary. And I, and I think that's where I have come to the point where I want more. I, I'm not satisfied with just that meeting people and just kind of going through the motions and, and I want more. I want to I want to actually experience what God meant for us too as mm -hmm. Christians. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, it's going to be built around uh, easing each other's burdens again. Um, and and God did intend for us to come together and and uh, bond. So. So can you explain a little bit more maybe the difference between Sunday morning fellowship oh, before yeah. we come in here in a small group? Oh yeah, yeah. I know we didn't I didn't warn you about that question. No, actually <laughs> I we did have something in there. Um, no, What's I What's the difference? Oh my gosh. Susie's not here today, but I was going to say Susie if you if you see this later, how's that hip? I mean that that's the Sunday morning greeting, you know. Uh -huh. uh, <laughs> so I mean this Which kind of, is important. It's important and it's good good to, to greet everyone, um, especially when you haven't seen them for a while, but mm -hmm. um, this goes beyond that. I mean it's uh, it's really laying out yourself to people, becoming authentic in your relationship. Not that we're not authentic here, but it's just, we just don't have enough time. We don't have, we have to hurry to the, to our pews. We have to, you know, do that small talk. What have you been doing last week and the vacation and all that stuff. But we never get down further than that surface. Yeah. So okay. I think it's really important. Yeah. So let, I'm, I'm kind of ad-libbing here again, but the, the Susie example, and Susie, I hope you do listen to this sometime, <laughs> but um, a holistic small groups would have been there with her when she found out she was going to have to have a hip replacement, they would have been able to listen to her concerns about she might have what she might have had. If I'm going to go through this surgery, I don't know how I'm going to take care of this or that. So then not only are we there to support her spiritually and pray with her, but then it's like, how can I use my hands mm -hmm. to help you during that time? 
and she may not be here today because she's having a hard time with it. Who knows? But if we had a holistic small group, she could have reached out and somebody should know. Mm -hmm. Somebody should know. Um, so just take that as an example, you know, somebody should really know each one of us what's going on. If you've got a problem and you're not able to be here, did somebody talk to you about it and not wait until they see that you're not here? It, it would be something that we'd be persevering together before we get there. All right. So now let's talk about encouragement, encouraging relationships. I mentioned briefly how everyday life can bring a person to hopelessness. We don't want to think that, but it can. Mm -hmm. And that's why we have encouragement through the word. So how can holistic small groups reverse that natural tendency toward hopelessness? Well, forgive me for cheating with my notes here, but Use them. there's a lot of things that I <laughs> wanted to say. But anyway, we, we basically all struggle at times. There's no doubt about that. But without the familiarity, trust, and bonding, we often deal with them alone. And we're either too embarrassed to bring it up to anybody, we just don't feel comfortable enough to bring it up to somebody. Um, and sometimes Christians, hate to say it, but we're not the best people to go to with our problems. Sometimes we don't accept things that are a little different or scary or whatever. Um, we, we're kind of shocked by certain things sometimes. <laughs> we shouldn't be. But um, uh, it's funny, um, when uh, we lived in Warsaw, um, and again, you know, I was away from family. There was no family around. I was raising the two girls, and um, I was so lonely. <laughs> and I was like, our church was full of really long-time uh, parishioners, and then the other half was seminary students and their families. So Jay and I kind of were in between. We weren't really, we didn't feel like we fit in with the, the long-termers because we were kind of new to the area, but yet we felt kind of not really a connection with the seminary uh, people. But um, I, we noticed through the caring of our kids in the church that um, the seminary, young seminary families, and we had that connection with the kids. And we had needs, you know, we have to go to the doctor, we have to have someone to watch our kids, you know. So we, we developed, we started, they got all excited about it. I mean, all the, the women were so excited. Um, and it was a place where, I don't know, I learned that seminary wives, <laughs> they, they come under scrutiny sometimes. No. They're under scrutiny. <laughs> just like psychiatrists' wives can be. <laughs> so we had that bond, too. And we, we felt like, okay, we, we can get together and we're not going to be judged. Hmm. We, can, we can actually sit there and talk about things that we couldn't talk about with anybody else because everybody would be, oh, you mean you think that or you have done that or, you know. So uh, that yeah. really yeah. was helpful to, to, to find that connection and... Um, we could encourage each other through that connection without any fear of reprisal or judgment, which was fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> Got that us describes the holistic yeah, small yeah, group. Yeah. Thank you so much <laughs> for sharing that. Um, yeah, it, for some reason, like you said earlier, we 
maybe Christians don't accept it well. When, you know, whatever the situation is, or at least people from the outside don't think that we can handle it. Mm-hmm. You can, we can't handle the truth, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? But, yeah. But we can when we're with God and when we are in holistic small groups, it's so much easier to realize this person that you've grown close to now, you can share a little bit more intimately with. Mm-hmm. So. And they know we can accept it. Right. We can actually understand. Right. Yeah. Yep. All right. So um, I want to kind of switch gears from holistic small groups right now. And I introduced you in your new title as director of holistic small groups and assimilation. So what's the assimilation part mean to you and what what do you kind of see that uh, we might be able to do different here at the church? This is something I've thought about since we first started going to church. Um, When we got married, we hadn't um, found a church in Indianapolis where uh, uh, we had moved to and we're looking out for one and finally was invited by a friend of mine from work um, to visit her church. It's scary. It's scary. Mm-hmm. And, and visiting churches, they're all different. Everyone has their own personality, their own culture, um, their own terminology. And we just, we were constantly feeling lost. And um, so, um, I forgot where I was going with that. Uh, oh yeah, the um, just the terminology, just coming in, hearing about the narthex. I know Jay and I were like, well, "What is the narthex? Where is that?" That and is he, kind of a say, religious he, term. Yeah, <laughs> and he'd say, "I think it's outside the sanctuary." And I'm like, "Oh really?" And then I'd go out there and I'd look for whatever it is. They said you could find this on the on the narthex table. I'm looking, I'm looking, but things like that, or or we'll we'll say. Um, uh, we're going to have a meeting. We're going to, if you want to join this or be a part of this, go see Robin or uh, Carol, you know. And I'm going, who's Robin? Who's Carol? I don't, I don't know what they look like. I mean, I, I see the directory, but I don't, we didn't have any pictures, you know. And I'm like, so that was another place of feeling kind of lost. And it, it does prevent you from getting involved if you don't understand the communication's different. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, I think it's really important that we remember if we're going to actually reach out to people, we have to remember that not everybody has been longtime church members or that they haven't been a part of this particular church with this particular um, Denomination. Well, the the, the the way we community. talk, the yeah. way we talk, yeah. I the guess culture, the, the culture and the and the terminology is yeah. what I was thinking yeah. of. Yeah, but um, so that's really important that we uh, we don't uh, we don't forget that. I mean, we are a family, and I think sometimes we forget that we are a family, but we are not a closed home like our own personal homes. We. Our doors are open because this is Christ's home and Christ's family. And um, we're supposed to be accepting of everyone that comes through that door. But um, yeah, I've got some ideas. I mean, I've got ideas for, um, uh, first of all, the first thing I've always thought was we need some kind of brochure. Um, The biggest problem for me was trying to find information 
and, um, and to know who to go to to talk about something if I had more questions. Um, I, I thought it would be really cool to have a, a, a brochure with a contact name. And if we can get this going, we get growing, I, it would be nice to have several people involved in that contact name, that number, mm -hmm. email, uh, phone number, um, so that that person knows this is the person, and you can have their directory picture in that mm -hmm. brochure. Mm -hmm. This is the person I'm gonna be calling for my, my questions and my needs and uh, where to meet, what, that kind of thing. The dumb questions you feel stupid, too stupid to ask. Yeah. Yeah. A stranger. Try to get yeah. the answers out in front of people yeah, yes. before they have to ask. That's right. <laughs> and I thought, you know, um, it would be nice to have a, a, a small bit of info on our programs so that they might, you know, there's been things announced from the pulpit over the years that we've been here. Um, I had no idea what they were talking about. What is that? What, what does it involve? I mean, it's not, it's kind of assumed we all know. But if we're, again, if we're gonna be reaching out to people, we have to be very transparent and we have to speak to the people who don't, who, who aren't familiar with that. They haven't mm -hmm. been here for years and years. Right. Um, but right. uh, I think contact cards for visitors to um, fill out, if they, if they want to, they can send that in or whatever and we can get back with them. But um, right. yeah. Cool. Yep. I'm glad you're on board to help with that. The oh, next yeah. pastor is definitely going to be excited to have somebody help with that. And, and the next pastor is going to have a lot of questions too. <laughs> so yeah. how do you do this? Right, or, right. That type of thing. So right. yeah, we need to be able to assimilate for sure. All right. Um, we're going to switch gears again. Um, we're at the end of the worship service. And one of the things that... Um, the board worked on last year was communications with the church. And every time they would have a monthly board meeting, they'd have somebody share what happened at that meeting. This year, it, it has changed names. It's now called the leadership team. And you are on the leadership team. And so we had a meeting in January and you were asked to share. So I thought you and I could have a conversation about some of the things we talked about at the leadership team. And everybody should know about some of this stuff that's going on. Um, so I, I gave you some highlighted things and I need to kind of look at them now. And yeah, this, but, um, <laughs> I don't have my glasses and this is in small Okay, print, so the first so. thing was about finance. Um, we had an end of year report, and then I'll just share this part, but um, there's an idea that we will go ahead and develop a finance committee again. It's been several years since there's, since there's been a committee because Brian kind of did the work for us, and now uh, Dawn has taken over as treasurer, and we want to make sure she has support. So the people that are counting money will be part of that finance committee, and um, we're looking forward to giving Dawn all the support she needs and, and her helping us going forward. Um, and then um, part of the pastor report, I shared about members. Were you here last week? Um, the new member. Yeah, we had new members last week, huh? Maybe you were? Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> 
Uh, was that just one week ago? <laughs> my memory's really rotten. I, I'm, I can't remember what I ate yesterday. I mean, that, <laughs> so to remember last week is like, oh. That's okay. <laughs> so we have new members, Stephen and That's Brennan right. That's right. joined. Um, I'm going to let you share a little bit about the facilities that yeah. are some things that are coming that are in the works. This is exciting. Yeah. Um, Brian's got a lot of good ideas here. The, the sign in the front of the church, we're going to have a new uh, sign. Um, it'll be lighted from the ground up, no backlighting. Um, we're going to have a new logo, which is kind of cool. Um, we're going to get our bell going in the steeple. I think we mentioned that a while back, but uh, we've got a quote on that. Um, That's good. Yeah. 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 Um, so right now, just so everybody knows, the reason why we don't have a new sign and we haven't tore down the old yet is because we haven't found a logo that we like yet. And we really want to understand what the logo looks like. And there might even be a color scheme with it that we would want to make sure that we're matching. So right now the logo is kind of holding that up. You may not have known that either. And that's another thing I'm sharing with the pastor candidates that we may or may not have a logo by the time they get here. But that's one of the things they need to help the church land on. So you can get a new sign and... and Get the new name out there and that type of thing. So that's what, what's going on with that part. Um, there was an elder report, and they um, submitted a 2022 one-page strategic plan. And I talked about that a few weeks ago and shared that at the worship service. So if you have any questions on that, um, you can ask Jay or Brian or myself. But we can get you a copy of that. It's a cool one-page Here's what we want to do in 2022. And again, that's one of the things that we're sharing with the pastor candidates. So they've got an idea, what, what do we expect to get done by the end of the year when they get here? And they're pretty excited about it. So that, that's a fun thing too. Um, would you share a little bit about what um, Carol Mangus mm -hmm. is our new um, director of children's ministries. <laughs> and so she had a report. Yep, yep. Um, she's, um, she is wanting new toys in the nursery. I don't know why. I mean, <laughs> I don't even, I remember those toys from when my kids were, were young. <laughs> but, uh, no, that's a good idea. So, uh, we've got that going. Uh, she's wanting to put together activities folders for the toddler area that are geared for toddlers to five. Um... Uh, new nursery schedule and helpers lists. Uh, we've got once a new whiteboard and to repaint the walls in the children's Sunday school room. And uh, we're just going to spiff it all up and make it very welcoming to new, new newbies. I, I know there's a term for that, but it's not newbies. There's actually a church term for that. And I forgot for what it newcomers? was. For newcomers? Well, people who are new, mm -hmm. they're not visitors anymore. Mm -hmm. Visitors are good, too. We mm -hmm. need it for visitors, mm -hmm. but I can't think Those of that term. There was a term. Okay. Anyway. I don't know. Okay, yeah. So Carol had all these ideas, and as a leadership team, we affirmed her and her duties and said, go, 
go do and we support it and it was all all affirmed so that was cool um and you gave a report we talked about that already um the missions report i'll just share on that and then i want to talk with you about this pastor search team but um so max is our director of missions and he shared that we are not going to try to do a out of the country um, travel on missions for 2022. We, so I assume you're going to start planning though for 2023 on that because there's a lot of desire to do it. But he's also looking for something in the country that we could do for like maybe a, a couple day retreat and go somewhere and do some work in the country. So. He's working on that, and you'll hear more about that later. And then the last thing, the leadership team got a report from the pastor search team, and I think you and I probably have more information than what was even talked about at the leadership team. And I think it's time to start sharing more with Mm -hmm. the congregation where we are. I think the last thing they heard, maybe or maybe not, but we're down to two finalists, right? Mm -hmm. And where are those two finalists in the process? We have met with, physically met with uh, the first one now twice. And uh, great discussion. We've had dinner with them. Uh, Very enjoyable time. Um, We are meeting now this next week with the second one. And uh, we've only done a Zoom meeting with this one. Previously, so this will be this will be nice to have uh, one-on-one and or not one-on-one, but actual physical mm-hmm. meeting. Good. So uh, we hope to do that. So all right. So um, I just want to give everybody an idea of who they're meeting. Um, they're having dinner with the pastor search team and their spouses, and and they bring their spouse. So um, it's husband and wife, pastor and the pastor search team and spouses, they have dinner together and just kind of more of a relaxed Mm -hmm. time together. And then the pastor and their spouses meeting with the leadership team, correct? I believe both of them are part of that. Yes. And and then I meet with the pastor one-on-one and I tell them about IPM, the interim pastor ministry process and what we've done over the last year and what the plans are moving forward and what got us to this point. And then um, the pastor candidate also is meeting with the elders. Um, so it's him and the elders. And then he also meets with the staff and gets an opportunity to meet with them. And so I think that's everybody they're meeting. Does that sound right? Mm-hmm. And so one of them, the first one, is local. And so there wasn't a lot of arrangements and we were able to spread it over a longer period of time. Um, And I think it was actually over two weeks that we got all those meetings in. The other one is not local. And so he and his wife are being flown here on Wednesday and they'll be flying back home on Friday. And so they'll have the same meetings, but they'll have quite a bit of time not meeting so they can just get to know the area. So pray that we don't have a snowstorm. <laughs> we really don't want them to have to experience that. There's enough snow on the ground now 
that they can see the snow and say, wow, that's pretty, but we don't need them to have that challenge. Um, but, you know, it's in God's hands. Um, so one is local, the other ones are coming in from Missouri. Yeah, they've seen snow. Probably doesn't stay as long as it does here. Um, yeah, so um, we cannot share you their names yet. And I want you to know why that is too. So neither one of these men are licensed in the missionary church. So once a decision is made, if, if the search team chooses one of these and the leadership team affirms that, yeah, this is the one that we want to make an offer to, they have to go through the licensing process with the missionary church denomination before we can actually share their name with you because we don't want any embarrassment. If something does happen, um, we don't want them to have, you know, feel embarrassed. And we also want, by the time we share the name with everybody, to know that he's been blessed off, blessed by the missionary church and blessed by the leadership team and everything. And also, I want you to know that what the next steps are. So once they get licensed, there will be some meetings that are scheduled here with that pastor and his wife to have fellowship time with everybody that wants to come. It'll probably be like a Friday night and maybe a Saturday breakfast. It'll be a time to come to meet them. They can share a little bit of information with all of you and a time for you to ask questions. So it's not official that they're hired yet. You come and ask questions too and then that Sunday, they come and worship with us, and he preaches, and then he and his wife are dismissed, and you all stay, and you make a final vote. It's not until after that final vote that that pastor is actually hired, and then there will be a start date that we will have worked out with them for them to start. So that gives you an idea. And it is weeks. It's not like um, once we make this decision, they'll be licensed in one week. Don't think that. It's going to be several weeks. Um, so we're looking at possibly mid-April to early May um, by the time they start. So I'll just give you an idea. Anything else you want to add? I'm excited. Both of these candidates are very relational, and they are... They're going to be a little newer, different from what we've been used to, which I think is going to be fabulous. It's uh, something I think we need. It, they're going to be help us to uh, reach out, mm -hmm. um, to to give us that little nudge that we need to uh, go a little deeper in our faith. Yep. I think we need that. Yep. And and they've got experience. Yes. Uh, reaching out and, and the different mm -hmm. things that they've done different experiences so <laughs> the search team really has a decision to make um, and so anyway that's where we're at I guess I'd like to see if you guys have any questions from this report that we've given or about the pastor search team report do you have any questions for us so the second one I haven't sat down with him one-on-one -on -one yet I think he's still curious like what's going on there 
But when I was explaining it to the first one, he was really excited about it. And I share the health assessment report with them, so they get a binder. And they, so they're going to know about you all <laughs> um, from this binder and also by meeting the people that they're meeting when they come. And they're excited that they can come and step into something that's already been thought through. That's what the first one was like, and I assume the second one will be too. Um, that, you know, it's not, okay, now I need to go figure out what this church has been through and where they're at. They can read all that and then say, okay, I'm, I can help make this strategic plan move forward. And like I said during the message too, one of the things I'm sharing with them is like small groups. That was our worst score on our natural church development assessment. And that's one of the things the search team is looking for is a pastor that has experience in small groups and how they can help us get that started and, and going. So, yeah, Bob. Um, the search team that is going to make a decision, whatever, what do they get the criteria on how to judge these people? Are there written laws you have to follow? Well, so there's a missionary church constitution that has um, a statement of faith which is more than a statement it's like three pages and so any of the candidates that we would potentially accept have to agree with the statement of faith and that did weed out several of the resumes so we didn't have to even talk to them because we we saw what their belief was and their belief didn't match with right and so they have to at least meet that hurdle first and then right right and then there's also a church profile that we developed by going through this year of transition and the search team was able to develop this church profile and what would the pastor need to look like in order to support where we're moving and they sent that profile out too. And so that was part of the criteria. If it didn't look like they were going to be somebody that could help us move forward with where we're at, they were excused from the list. And they had over 35 yeah. resumes, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is that right, Dawn? I think we're, we were up to 36. That's how I, that's how I uh, chose. Yeah, I can't remember. I was thinking 37. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so we looked at people in other denominations, though. Like, we didn't necessarily count them out just because they were not from the missionary church. In fact, we only had one or two. Well, I think, well, two that had experience in the missionary church. Um, none of them were actually ordained. So we looked at other denominations, and we actually had two of them on the final five that were from another denomination because we thought, what if this person really does think the way the missionary church does and that the, the is biblically grounded? And two of them in the final five, um, we had to dismiss once we got their statement of faith. And we actually interviewed one of them. And he even sounded good on the interview until it came down to some of the very specific um, scriptural things that he just couldn't agree to. So, yeah. It's kind of how I uh, found my husband. You know, you, you, <laughs> you have to put down what you're looking for. What's your goal? What's your uh, 
ultimate, the ultimate husband. You know, you put those things down, like what we did about for the church, and then when you see them, you go, oh, that, that's them, that's them. And some of them didn't even get a date then, No, right? they didn't even, <laughs> not a phone call, nothing. Okay. So. <laughs> Don't. Oh, yeah. What are the strengths that they have to have? And, and that was all, you know, Alan had a temper center, so what we needed to be um, looking at, thinking about, and we all had tools of learning what strengths and things could be brought to the table um, in addition to what the missionaries yeah. are guidelines. Right. Yeah, so spiritually speaking, next week I'm going to be preaching about spiritual gifts again. It's not the first time I've preached about them here, but I want, I want you to really understand spiritual gifts are very important for how we function and how we move forward because that's what God has given us. And so part of the, search, the job of the search team was to say, what are the spiritual gifts we need our next pastor to have to lead us forward? So that was part of the criteria that they came up with too. So you'll understand more about that next week, probably, about how that was taken into account. Any others? Yeah, Jenny. Oh, for the congregation, do you introduce the vote candidates? No, no. Um, we'll, we'll get it narrowed down. There's, there's no reason to. It, when, when we get it narrowed down to the one that has spent weeks going through the licensing process and is prepared to be your pastor, that's the one that you'll be able to be introduced to. Um, and yet that they'll definitely have prepared to be your pastor by the time you've seen them. Yeah, that could be pretty pretty muddy waters to have to, to wade through. We've, we've had to do that. We've had muddy to make waters everyone already, right? have to go yeah. through that would be uh, yeah. a, a big chore. <laughs> But that is why we have them meeting with a lot of different people when they come, so we can get input from a lot of other people. Any others? Yeah. Then we'll start all over. With... <laughs> I, seriously. I mean, the, if, if not, we, we need to know why. And we need to start over because the pastor search team didn't do their job as far as what the congregation thought they were wanted them to do. So don't. I I know some people have said that they like me, and I really do appreciate it. But don't think that you can keep rejecting a pastor to keep me around longer. <laughs> I will stay if I'm needed, but if that like keeps happening, I'll catch on. And IPM will too, and they'll say, we're done with, with you guys, you know. Thanks for letting us come, but we're done. <laughs> Right, right. So don't think that's going to happen. Okay, anything else? All right, let me dismiss you in prayer and, and we'll 
go on our way with the week. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for um, being here this morning and, and just helping us to fellowship. And this time of sharing is great. We, we like to be able to share with one another and just know that we can be open with one another and in truth and in fun. And Lord, we just pray that as we go here as your children, we think more about the holistic small groups that you're calling us to, that you help us to reach out to one another this week and to share more with one another. And it, it may be a way of helping to develop those small groups that you want us to be in. Um, as we go now in fellowship and as we go now into our separate lives, let us be connected through your Son and through the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks.